0: Welcome to Ongo Podcast, episode 14. The date of recording is September 5th, 2018. I would apologize for being away for a while and, and missing a week, but nobody really tweeted, emailed, or texted us asking us when the next episode was, so something's telling me you guys really didn't miss us.
1: Unfor- Maybe don't advertise our lack of popularity.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately for you, dear listener, we don't take hints very well, so... We decided to get back on the horse and, and do another episode. But
1: first... To the byline. It's in! It's an up-goal! It's a gift! Oh, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his calf. He's got no chance, really, to keep him. If you live under a rock, or really don't care about soccer, then you may not know that Clint Dempsey retired from the sport outright last week. Clint Dempsey is a U.S. soccer legend, and I want to thank him for, in my opinion, being the American GOAT and for being the most successful American to play in Europe, though I hope we see that broken a dozen times in the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, before I just want to cut you off there, this podcast unequivocally stands by the the idea that Clint Dempsey is the greatest outfield American soccer player.
1: To this day, he's still Fulham's leading scorer in the Premier League, and I know he's been an idol and hero for me since I was a kid. I mean, he's from Nacogdoches, Texas, and myself also being from Texas, I always naturally kind of gravitated towards him and clung to him. He has a really depressing, awe-inspiring story, a lot to do with his sister's tragic passing when they were young. And he actually dedicated just about every single goal of his career to his sister. Uh, I'm not going to do the story justice, but there's a lot of interviews where he talks about it. I encourage you to uh, look it up on YouTube in your free time and just find out more about him. But he played with so much swagger and so much heart, and I really did love Clint Dempsey with all my
0: heart. Yeah, it was also really cool to see uh, so many past U.S. players and past players that were from different nationalities that had played with or against him talking about how Clint, to them, is the embodiment of, like, American soccer. Um, you know, he may not have always been the most talented player, but he was always going to outfight fight and outwork and out-grit his opponents, and that's what made him such a deadly goal scorer uh, in the Premier League. And, and you know, also when he played for MLS and more importantly for us, when he played for the the U S men's national team.
1: And, you know, what I really love is I think one of the things we love about Clint Dempsey so much is that he always, like you said, he always gave it his art. He would outwork everyone, especially for his country. And there's always something, there's something poetic about the fact that he retired for country and club at the same time. Yeah. I, I that's just kind of, I think that sums it up Yeah, right there.
0: Yeah, a lot. You see, a lot of players will retire from the national team and still play for for their, their club team. For Clint, if if he wasn't going to be able to play for the U.S., then that that I mean that's anytime he was able to play soccer, his goal was to still be able to play for the U.S. So he he's calling it all all a career at once, which is just the embodiment of him.
1: Yeah, uh, by the numbers, he is tied to be the United States' leading goal scorer, tied with Landon Donovan. However. Clint Dempsey played 16 less games and only took six penalties or his goals. Only six of his goals came for penalties as opposed to Landon Donovan's 15. More importantly, what I think is a really good statistic is there are goals that mean something and there are goals that means don't mean as much. Not all goals are equal in my opinion. And 73% of the time when Clint Dempsey scored for the USA, we won those games. And I think that shows you how meaningful his goals are on top of that. He's, he's the only U.S men's player to score in three different World Cups which is amazing I will never forget his goal against goal to open up things early against Ghana where he just dicked on oh two my of their defenders. God and it was just a thing
0: of beauty. Yeah. Uh, um, and then also as we mentioned Clint had a you know long career in, in Europe especially in the Premier League. He's a uh, like a, a really a, a fan favorite and a folk hero at Fulham. They they still you know reminisce and talk about how, how great Clint Dempsey was for them. As Donnie mentioned they're leading Premier League goal scorer. They did, you know, get relegated shortly after he left for Tottenham, so they haven't been able to rack up too many Premier League goals lately. But that you know that, that record should stand for for at least a, a few more seasons, uh, maybe even longer. And then he also moved on to Tottenham for about a season or two before coming back home to the states.
1: When he played with Tottenham, he scored a brace against Man U in one of the games, and those were the only times I was ever okay and happy that Man U got scored on because it was Quinn Dempsey. Yeah,
0: yeah. I Remember he had he had one of his seasons where he finished like as a top three Premier League goal scorer or top top four Premier League goal scorer. Which, you know, this was even a couple of years back
1: where there was even less respect in Europe for American soccer players. So, just want to say from Own Goal Podcast, thank you, Clint Dempsey. You've done your nation proud, and we love you.
0: And uh, on the record, this podcast is a very pro Clint Dempsey podcast.
1: Very pro. Going to another uh, legend of the game. Who we
0: are Fat, a pro on.
1: Fat Ronaldo, a.k.a. Brazilian Ronaldo, has become the first former player to own a top fight club by taking 51% ownership of La Liga club Real Valladolid. I actually think I did a
0: good job I on that. I think you really did a good job on that. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, that's, that's a cool story. And then, you know, follow up on some other cool stories. Uh, Wilfred Zaha is offering to to pay or, or donate a substantial amount of, of money to support Crystal Palace's women's team to help the club continue to provide a platform for women soccer players to, to you know make a living playing you know the sport that they love. Uh, so it's just really cool to see see you know a player like Zaha offering what he can to to help you know, promote soccer you know for the women's game, not just focusing on, on men's soccer, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and then uh, UEFA handed out their awards, and last season's Real Madrid team had a clean sweep. Uh, Jesus Navas, who has already lost his job for no reason in La Liga, to Courtois. I don't know why, but Courtois started the last game. I mean, uh, I mean, goalkeeper, UEFA's best goalkeeper. Ramos got best defender. Modric, best midfielder. Ronaldo, best attacker. And then the UEFA Player of the Year went to Modric over Ronaldo and Mosala.
0: And Messi did not get not not be did not uh, reach the final three.
1: Yeah. No. Furthermore, FIFA announced their shortlist for their best player award, and it was the same shortlist as you as UEFA: Modric, Ronaldo, and Mo Salah, and once again, no Messi. Are we seeing the decline of a legend, or? Yeah. No. It's weird. I, I and, like his, his numbers are still like he has better numbers than than has uh, goals than yeah. everyone.
0: Yeah, I mean, but when I, when I look at it, like I'm not, I don't think I don't think that anybody of these three necessarily should be dropped to make room for him. You know, what most most Salah did in, in the Premier League was fit fantastic last year. Uh, Modric had phenomenal club campaign as well as an international uh, run to the the World Cup, losing in the final. And then I mean, I'm never gonna argue with somebody putting Ronaldo in a top three position.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's like weird because like, it is weird that Messi isn't there, but I also see why each three of these guys did it. And I'll say this, not all goals are equal. Mo Salah scoring the way he did in the Premier League is worth more than the way Messi and Ronaldo score in La Liga, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because we still stand by the fact that the Premier League is a tougher league to score in and, and win in than La Liga. Come, yeah. at, come at us, La Liga
1: fanboys. With that, we will switch over to the Premier League and kind of do a quick, quick uh, recap of the last couple of weeks. Chelsea, Liverpool, and Watford remain perfect. You did hear me correctly. I Watford. Watford. Yeah,
0: Watford. Best team in the Premier League, baby.
1: In fact, they're actually drawing a lot of comparisons to Leicester City's magical run. Watford, last season, finished in the same position with the same number of points as Leicester did the year before Leicester had their uh, season of absolute magic. I
0: believe it was 41 points, correct?
1: Yeah, 41 points. So Watford is one to look at. I really do not think they're going to win the Premier League title. I really think the Leicester Donnie, was a one thing. Donnie,
0: do not argue against science and facts. Clearly Watford are going the whole way. I'm putting all ne- next
1: month's rent on Watford to go the distance, baby! This will probably be one of the last episodes then, as Eric will soon be homeless and it'll be difficult for him to access Wi-Fi.
0: <laughs> next episode. I guess you will, can go to a Starbucks. Next episode will come to you from the local McDonald's. <laughs> uh, we also We owe an apology to uh Wolverhampton, who managed to get a point off of Man City two weeks ago. We, we totally wrote y'all them off. <laughs> yeah, we we anointed City three full points and I believe said something like it was going to be a shit pumping. I don't know. Um, A good thing we don't have it recorded, what we talked about, so you could just go look up what what we had said. But, yeah, our bad. Wolverhampton, way to get, you know, take a result away from Man City. Really impressive job, actually.
1: Yeah, and their scary-ass manager, like, (laughs) good for him. He terrifies me, so that's why we issued the apology. I didn't want to get killed later, but... City did bounce back in their next game against Newcastle. However, who gives a shit about that when DeAndre Yedlin scored his first Premier League goal?
0: Now, Donnie, you might be asking yourself, how is it Yedlin scored his first ever Premier League goal this last weekend when
1: the weekend before he put the ball in the net? Unfortunately, it was a very tragic, unlucky own goal. Yeah, um, interesting
0: fact uh, against the... Well, not, not really an interesting fact, but just kind of unfortunate turn of events uh, against Chelsea that week before. Yedlin had a phenomenal assist to, to draw Newcastle level with Chelsea. And then, like, less than 10 minutes later, put unfortunate deflection, own goal, in the back of his own net. So uh, that Chelsea game was a game of ups and downs for Yedlin. Newcastle then, you know, lost another close one to City, Fortunately for them, their schedule can only get lighter from here on out. They've played Tottenham, City, and Chelsea.
1: Yeah, hopefully they'll have an easy game like Man U coming
0: up <laughs> <sometime> soon. <laughs> oh, speaking of Man United, well, we haven't potted since before that Tottenham game, where I I made the the bold predict prediction uh, prediction. There we go. That uh, Mourinho would remind us all that he's Mourinho. And and United would show its class and get a result against Tottenham. I I think
1: you were half right actually. I think Mourinho's tactics were spot on. The first half in the first half, Manny were the better team. They had more overall they had more shots than Tottenham. They had more shots on goal than Tottenham. I really do think Mourinho got it right. It comes down to the first half, Lukaku at an angle, to be fair, but still having an open net and completely missing. That goes in and you go in halftime one zero, it's a different game yeah. in the second half. I really do think Mourinho got it right. I think that Tottenham was just super clinical with the chances they had. So this was
0: obviously, for me, it was right logic, wrong outcome.
1: Exactly. And uh, Luke Shaw, by the way, phenomenal. Um, voted. Included- uh- including Mourinho in that game, after the game, telling him you could not have played better than you did today. To Luke Shaw, after a team when they went up three goals. But he was also voted Man U's player of the month. Did you ever
0: think you would ever be saying that about him for Man United?
1: Not only did I never think I'd be saying that, but Luke Shaw in 2015 thought he was going to lose his leg because of the injury stuff. There there was a time where he truly believed they were going to have to amputate his leg. So I'm just really happy he's winning. I'm happy Mourinho's praising him and not calling him fat. (laughs) And you
0: you guys turned things around uh, in in the last week's game against Burnley.
1: Well, it helps when Lukaku remembers why he makes absurdly large amounts of money. He did score a great brace. Uh, Alexis Sanchez actually played well that game, which is a rarity in a Man U shirt. And then Rashford got a red card for trying to kiss someone. Now, he didn't technically try to kiss someone. He did that thing where they get, where their foreheads meet, which is a stupid red card. Nobody, that sh- One, that shouldn't well, be a red card and two rashford shouldn't have
0: done it. I think what he did was th- their head their foreheads met and then he kind of you know leaned in and it's like your your heads are already touching so you're not really headbutting but it's, it's the same rule as the headbutt. So my dude Marky Rash honestly go full Zidane motherfuckers if you're if you're going to get red carded like take him to the ground like he's Marco Materazzi is all I'm saying. Yeah,
1: but um comfortable win for Man U, clean sheet. Hopefully the international break, you know, Gives us a chance to kind of recover, but despite what it may look like, Mourinho is currently winning. Mosby Mourinho. The first two games of the season, we had less than ten shots. The last two games, we've had over twenty shots, both games. And the fans are really backing him too at Old Trafford. And really, they're blaming Ed Woodward for everything. Not a good look to see, honestly.
0: Not a good look for Woodward. Not what he was hoping to have. uh, Kind of how how these play out, but fuck him.
1: Yeah, I, I actually agree. Fuck him. Now oh. we move to uh, Eric's little corner of the globe, Syria.
0: Yeah, this was a interesting. So, you know, I'm gonna we're gonna start off with the the Friday game, the first game of, of, of this last week. Oh, I guess we didn't e- we haven't talked about the weekend before because I was in Vegas and yeah, and, and, and had to watch everything on delay. So Milan's first game of the year uh, was delayed and won't be played until October. So second <laughs> second week. Uh, our second game of the year is our first game played. I love Italy, don't you guys? And uh, Milan came out to a roaring 2-0 lead over Napoli, only to completely shit the bed and lose 3-2 in the second half. Uh, not not a great look. You know, really like a team that just got tired, didn't have their, their full, you know, match day legs under them. And Gattuso got outsmarted by his old coach, Carlo Ancelotti.
1: Dude, it's like big brother syndrome. Like, it's, well, you're bigger than your brother, so maybe it didn't <laughs> work for you. But, like, a lot of younger brothers will describe having, like a, like, a psychological handicap when going against their older brother or against their dad type of thing. And I think that's the case here. Like, like you know, Don Carlo is probably like a dad to and good, good so I think at some level it plays because, like, you see it in sports all the time where the former assistants or the former players fail to win yeah. Against their, you know, former coach later
0: on. Yeah, and and I think you're right on, and 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 also I do think not having the opportunity to play our first game, um, also uh, Shaolinoglu, Hakon Shaolinoglu, uh, a really key part of the attack and and moving the ball and and getting you know balls in the box was suspended from yellow card accumulation that he got at the end of last season. So that's awesome that that carries over. Um, but he would have been suspended for that first game against Empoli, uh, you know, and instead he had to miss the Napoli game, which was when he really, really needed him. And it was evident when you look at this last week's game on Friday uh, against Roma, where Milan won 2-1. Two, two Chalinoglu was a constant menace, both in, in advancing the ball and the flow of the attack, but also in tracking back and disrupting Roma's attack, especially whenever they were trying to build on, on the wing. Um, you know, really, really impressed with, with Milan, went up one nothing, dominated Roma, then had a lapse for like 15, 20 minutes, let Roma back in the game, knotted up 1-1, and Iguain in the fourth minute of four minutes of stoppage time, a beautiful ball that I think you counted beat how many defenders?
1: Minimum three, maximum five.
0: Yeah, it, probably, it beat about four defenders right to my boy Patrick Cotrone for the winner this kid's like 20, 21 years old. They're saying he's the uh he's he's a a skillful version of Pipo and Zaggy. He he doesn't touch the ball. Well, he touches the ball all over the pitch, but he only scores from like six yards and in from the goal. He just is always on on the, the ball at the right moment. Fucking love this kid.
1: It was a great run, and it was a great finish. Only beaten by a like by a pass oh, that was... just destroyed an entire back line. Yeah. Uh heck of a moment. And in the first two games, you bench uh, another midfielder from Milan who I thought had been playing really well. is Bonaventura, the way he's able, the way he links up the play really nicely, uh, especially in the in the Napoli game, he was phenomenal oh, in he that, had game. that He was
0: cracker of a volley goal against uh, Napoli. I I absolutely love uh, Giacomo Bonaventura a lot of Milan fans on like the the Milan mini reddits and and the social media sites shit on Bonaventura for not being talented enough he's a bastion of of the old guard that wasn't good enough and came in on on smaller free transfers i say those guys can go suck their own dicks because Bonaventura is a fucking baller and he he's every time he scores or does anything First thing he does is celebrate with the badge and and he's he's been off to a, a fire
1: start this season. I feel I feel like if guys could suck their own dicks, they would never leave their apartments or homes. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's just me.
0: Well, we know where Donnie stands on that. Uh moving on, Juve. Ronaldo failed to score again, but Juve secured another three points to stay perfect on the season. Uh
1: yeah, I think that. He's helping the team in the sense that I watch him get double and triple teamed yeah. constantly, and so it opens up avenues, and the goal will come. To me, I'm not worried about it. Someone asked me recently, you know, when would I be worried about it? I give him five games before I, I, I would start being worried as a Ronaldo fan. What
0: what, what sucks, and, and I know you were going to go, but what what sucks is as someone who's been a lifelong Serie A fan, the, the attention this is getting is what's wrong with Ronaldo, why isn't he scoring, and people... I think some people are starting to realize that the ones that are starting to actually watch the league, but a lot of people don't realize that Syria is a defensively talented, skillful, and organized league. And it's a lot harder to score. I'm not necessarily saying Syria is harder than La Liga, <clears throat> it is, but it 100% is defensively way more sound and, and organized than, yep. than I think any other
1: league. It's a different style of culture. A, a, a different style of soccer, I'm sorry, not yeah. culture. Well, different culture too, but <laughs> a different style of soccer. La Liga, the teams are much more open. That's, that's why Barcelona wins a game 8-2, but, you know, score eight goals, but still concedes two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I agree. However, Cristiano Ronaldo Jr. made his debut for the under-9 team and scored four goals in the under-9 Serie A for Juventus, which makes me think at what point can Junior take one of his dad's to Ors and tell, like kind of like Captain Phillips or whatever Tom Hanks movie I'm thinking of, maybe. Not no, that's Phillips. the right one. That's the right one. Oh yeah. And listen to me like, I'm the goat now. And like when when can Junior start taking his dad's belong to oars? More importantly, when will the US call up Junior? That's he's, true. He's
0: he's technically US eligible. That is true. He's also can... Port- he's also Portugal eligible. He's gonna be uh I think he's probably Spain eligible. And he'll he'll eventually soon be uh, Italian eligible as well. So So, you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) So why wouldn't he want to come play for us?
1: uh switching gears to Inter Milan they finally got their first victory of the season after a slow start I think I left them out of my top four
0: yeah yeah you did I included them a lot of people were picking them as their favorite to challenge Juve for the title I do think it's important to note that three games into the season we really shouldn't be overreacting too much but of course unless it's the
1: Bundesliga the Bundesliga
0: which is over more on that in a second um hint it's over But Inter Inter not off to a strong start, especially when you look at the quality of the teams they've played. They haven't played any of Milan, Napoli, Juve, Roma, or Lazio, which are the other challengers they have for for top four competitive spots in the league. They're playing mid to lower tier tables, and they have one win, one draw, one loss. Not how they want to start their campaign. Funny
1: thing about Inter Milan, a Cardi... Had some links to Juve, and his agent said that the only links he has to Juve is the seven goals he scored against them. It's, but his agent, spoiler alert, is also his wife.
0: And and uh, that was a mistranslation. The uh, it was that Accardi is as they're saying he's had contact with Juve, and she said oh. the only contact he's had is is striking the ball on the goal, the seven goals he's scored against Juve. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, no
1: I agree and I really like that his wife is his agent that's really a yeah. true the uh, true partnership there. yeah yeah it's, it's pretty cool I'm also, also pretty pretty nice when the person who takes 10% of your pay <laughs> lives in the same house <laughs> as you do yeah
0: there's some kind of racket there I, I like it and uh, as much as I dislike Inter I've always respected and liked a Cardi so, so that's kind of cool uh,
1: that leads us with Don Carlos Napoli who really just shit the bed against Sam I got shit pumped
0: yeah um Look up, Qua- God! I always fuck his name up. Quagliarella. He had the dirtiest back heel flick volley goal that you, this might be goal of the season and, and were f- for any of the European leagues. Would
1: recommend you get a tub of Vaseline when you watch yeah. it because you're gonna want to touch I think yourself. Fabio
0: Quagliarella. Uh, he he was an Italian national team staple a few years back. Uh, kind of faded from prominence, but. Holy hell, he just worked Napoli silly and and they dropped 3-0 to Sampdoria. And if you're saying I've never heard of Sampdoria before,
1: yeah. I think that wraps up our uh, Serie A talk. Yeah. Which now we quickly go to La Liga, where Real and Barcelona keep winning, including an 8-2 win for Barcelona. Uh, We mentioned that earlier, Real have also been, you know, getting some strong wins. Benzema and Dale amongst the goals. And I'm pretty sure Real have also had a penalty in every game they've played so far. In one game, two, uh, Sergio Ramos is now the first-choice penalty taker, which is just astounding to me. Isn't Why his Champions League ball won? still in
0: orbit? I'm sorry? I think his ball his ball, he kicked in the Champions League from the penalty spot is still in orbit. Yeah, but hey, he's been making them. Yeah, no, that's true. So... But you know what? The more important stat, Celta Vigo keep uh, winning to be our pick for best and goestest La Liga team. Two
1: nothing win against Atletico Madrid. So they're so they've now expanded their. It's usually Barcelona who they really fuck up and fuck over, and now they're expanding their ability to beat the top teams in Liga, which is amazing. I love Celta Vigo. I know pretty much nothing about them. I couldn't name you a single fucking player, but they are my favorite La Liga team. Yeah, hands down. So with that, we'll go to the Bundesliga, or as I like to call it, the Boring Liga. Because or, the it's, Bi- or
0: the Bayern Liga, as I call it. The
1: Bayern Liga, because Bayern's already won the yeah. Bundesliga. The uh, Bundesliga's already
0: sucks, it's D- over. Dortmund 0-0, Schalke lost to Hoffenheim, Hoffenheim who had lost the first game to Bayern. Uh, Bayern's already won this,
1: this, this, this league. There's something I want to say about that Bayern-Hoffenheim game, because I actually watched the whole thing. Uh, it was a good game overall, Bayern was dominant, Hoffenheim had their they were much better than the second half. But there was this moment and by the way, Bundesliga has VAR, so kill me now. There was a massive flop by Rivery where he jumped into a, another player and threw himself in the ground. They gave the PK to Bayern. VAR didn't do his job to overrule it, but that's not the part that bothered um, me the it most. It gets worse. So, the, Lewandowski takes the penalty, the Hoffenheim keeper saves it, but It happens to go right to Robin at the six-yard line, who taps it in. However, Robin was guilty of encroachment. In a penalty kick in soccer, you can't enter the 18 until the penalty kick taker has touched the ball. And Robin was like in there, like about a good second. Robin was
0: like level with Lewandowski when Lewandowski (laughs) kicked the ball.
1: So they ruled out VAR, ruled out the goal, which was a good VAR result. And I figured the result would then be Hoffenheim get the ball. However. Leitwin like gets to take the penalty again and then scores it. How was that the solution to that? How after the, the issue happened after the penalty was taken, how can the solution then be to like, go back in time? It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but I was uh, very bothered by this.
0: I think they were trying to say. I think the ref was saying that somebody on Hoffenheim was also encroaching, um, but he was like. Six, five yards behind Robin. So I don't know how you're saying that that neutralized it, it was some bullshit. And the the coach uh, kind of flew off the fuck. What's his name? Nagelsmann was was losing his shit to the, the side judge. about As
1: how, he should have. Yeah. I was losing my shit. And I don't give a shit about Hoffenheim. <laughs> it was just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. So that goal puts up uh, Bayern 2-1 and then they get a Third goal, which is a shot that deflected off of Muller's arm, or no, no, no. I'm sorry, that shot got overruled. They finally do get a third goal in garbage time. Yeah, but,
0: but if they if they didn't get that two one lead, then Hoffenheim very well, you know, don't have to extend themselves to try to get the you know a late tying goal. It the whole it changed the whole course of the game. Um, some other updates: Schalke lost to Hoffenheim this week. Weston McKinney played a full ninety minutes at right back.
1: Which he's usually a center midfielder. Yeah.
0: He generally varies between some sort of holding or attacking center mid. So, very interesting to see Shaka play him at, at right back. They did get a one of their players, Conan uh, Planka, got a red card. So, that may have affected somewhat of, of how McKinney was playing. But, good to see him go the full 90. Uh, Dortmund drew 0-0. Pulisic did not play due to, an, due to a, a minor muscular injury.
1: Yeah. It's also kept him out of the uh, USA squad. More on that in a second.
0: And then uh, Josh Sargent has not yet been called up to the Warder first team, but he has already
1: scored five goals for their U23 side. Which means he's almost as good as uh, Cristiano Ronaldo Jr.
0: Yeah, almost. Also, uh, if you couldn't tell, the uh, Bayern Liga or the Boring Liga is now going to be just our brief US youth recap.
1: <laughs> yeah, because that's basically what it is. It's already not it's already obvious it's not going to be a competitive i mean we usually like to like not decide things in four games but I, it's a pretty safe bet with yeah. the Bayern.
0: i mean it'll be it'll be fun to watch how these like you know six teams behind Bayern uh fight for champions league but that won't be uh something you know we won't really know what to look for and who to watch until we at least get quarter or halfway through the season so for now it's just going to continue to be the u.s incubator
1: yeah, and with that, Eric, what is our uh, League uh, report?
0: More like League Ew. Uh that was really bad. I I already hate myself for throwing that, that one in there. PSG one. So okay. No, no, <laughs> no way he wasn't he wasn't on the uh, starting eleven or the match day eighteen. Um, hoping that maybe they just left him off because they knew that he was getting called up to the US squad. So, so maybe that you know that that could be why uh, Mbappe got a goal and a red card. So that's interesting to see. He's also just recently given a three-game suspension. I really don't like leveling additional suspensions on top of the red card. Like the red card itself, that 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 is the punishment. You know, the
1: one-game suspension and you move on.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I don't like the additional two games. Uh, so, I, so now I, I'm going to have quick to... Uh, Mbappe stat
1: for you. He is currently the leading Ligue 1 goal scorer with four goals, tied with Neymar with four goals. Mbappe has two assists to Neymar's one assist, and Mbappe scores a goal 56 minutes per goal, whereas Neymar's is 88. So, fair to say Mbappe, best player in Liga.
0: Uh, Well, I have somebody else to, to argue. Uh, uh, our boy Matty Miazga played a full 90 for Nantes as they beat Strasbourg 3-2, baby!
1: I can't wait for Miazga to uh, get his first league um, goal. And
0: this has been your league uh, recap.
1: More importantly, international soccer is back from the World Cup, and we USA not- is included. Oh yeah, we USA is has not qualified for the 2022 World Cup, but nobody has qualified <laughs> for the 2022 World Cup.
0: We also have not been eliminated from the from 2022 qualification. So, AKA
1: the Slave Cup. It's not a joke. That World Cup yeah. is based on slavery. Yeah.
0: Quick pause on the humor. That World Cup is fucking blows because of the human rights
1: travesties. And even without the human rights travesties, it would blow because it's in fucking December. Yeah, that's true too.
0: All righty. So we got, uh, for for goalkeepers, we've got two MLS-based Alex Bono. I wonder if there's any relation. Uh, for Toronto, as well as Zach Steffen. And then our boy Ethan Horvath over at Club Briege.
1: I really like this move of bringing these young guys in because it's time for us to look for that next starting goalkeeper. You know, uh, Brad Guzan and uh, Tim Howard's, you know, heydays are gone. It's unfortunate. But, you know, I'm happy we're kind of looking for that next number one to kind of be there for the next 10 years. And this is the time to do it. Friendlies are all about, to me, it's not really important to win a friendly. It's about learning about your players, experimenting with your squad, figuring out what's going to work during qualifying.
0: Yeah, and, and that's that's what this whole roster really screams. I mean, when we go look at the defenders, I think the defenders are probably the most notable in terms of most of these names actually sound pretty familiar. Uh, and I
1: think they're our best position group for the next five, six years, but right, when, without a doubt.
0: When we get to midfielders and forwards, there's going to be some names that casual fans will be a little less familiar with, and that's, going to, that, that's what you're talking about. It's a lot of that experimentation, trying to see what we have. You know, love seeing John Brooks, Playing well, hopefully, going to stay healthy for for Wolfsburg. Uh, hopefully, we can see him and and either Cameron Carter-Vickers or Matt Miazga uh, play together. Then we've got some guys like Shaq Moore, uh, who's on the books with with La Liga team. Um, then Anthony Robinson, who I, I was really impressed with in the, the 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 those games before the World Cup. And then our boy DeAndre Yedlin, you know, hopefully our future captain.
1: I'm just hoping, dude. To... I think if we could teach Anthony Robinson or Yedlin to play on the left side, have those two as our fullbacks with two out of the 3 between Vickers, Brooks and Miazga, that defense is looking so good in 2022. Yeah,
0: exactly. No, I, and and you never know if somebody else is going to come up too, you know. True. But but yeah, I, I definitely love looking at that. And then I'm really happy seeing um he's no longer with FC Dallas, but but Kellen Acosta back in the fold with the US Men's National Team after moving over to Colorado. Would like to see him move out of the U.S. and into a competitive, you know, league. Um, but I'll I'll take what I can get. Uh, Tyler Adams, from midfielder from New York Red Bulls. There continue to be rumors that um, in the January transfer window, he might be making his way over to to Leipzig. Only if we're lucky. Could be really cool to see that. Uh,
1: then Julian Green is coming back in, baby. Oh, the man, the man who, who replaced Landon Donovan in the 2014 World Cup roster.
0: And scored against Belgium. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, we have, you know, Weston McKinney as well, my my boy, my ride or die. Outside
1: of uh, the midfield group concerns me the most going forward. Just because outside of Weston McKinney, I don't see anyone who, unless some of these guys, I mean, they are young, so they could move yeah. to Europe, but as things stand at this moment, it's the position group that worries me the most. It's the just most because Weston McKinney is the only guy who's playing for a top European team who's solidified for the next four years. You know, who's a regular starter. Obviously they're fucking willing to put him at right back. So he gets minutes <laughs> or, or maybe they had a right back injury, yeah. but you, you just see the value of Weston McKinney to his club. So this position group worries me the most. Cause I think Tim way is more of an attacker. He than is.
0: midfielder anyway. He is. I, 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 I find it weird that they've listed him as a midfielder. He's a, he's a fucking winger forward. Like, yeah, that's like someone trying to say Christian Pulisic's a midfielder.
1: He's not. Yep. Yeah. So this yeah. is, this this midfield group worries me the most because who are we going to pair with Weston to kind of hunker down that midfield?
0: No, I I completely agree with you, and and you know, hope hopefully, like you said, this is we are four years out from the world. Actually, four years and a couple months out from the World Cup. Uh, so we do have you know hopefully have some time, but in the next year or two, want to see. If, if these guys can't move over to Europe, we do have young guys that are are, are playing over in in you know, various leagues for for youth teams. Hopefully, one of them can break through. through. But I'm I'm holding out hope that uh, Tyler Adams will be able to make that move to Red Bull, Red Bull Leipzig. Hopefully, this January. If not, at the very latest, um, the next summer window, which would give him a lot of time, you know, to to actually beef up in in one of those top leagues.
1: Yeah, and then in the attacking positions, we have. Tim Way, Andrija, Novakovic, Bobby Wood, and Jossi Zardes. Yeah,
0: um, I mean, Christian Pulisic not able to make it with, with that the injury he, he picked up. No no real concerns there. Um, as we said, Josh Sargent doing really well with the U23 team, and, and it was decided by the U.S. team and his uh Warder coaches that it'd be best for him to stay and train with the you know the full team of the full Warder team of players that didn't get called up to these you know during this international break. So which those,
1: I, I'm very okay yeah, with personally.
0: Yeah, I, I I prefer it. You know, it's it's best for him to be able to attempt to break through to that Warder first team. It's not like Tim Weah in PSG where there is a clear you're not going to start over Mbappe or you're not going to start over um, Neymar uh, at Warder when he's ready to play, there's a very good chance that he's going to be able to break into that starting
1: 11. Yeah. And, yeah, the attacking positions and the defense, I think, are really looking really good going forward. There's a lot of potential there. A lot of
0: European potential, yeah.
1: Exactly. Well, and yeah, and, I mean, we've talked about it before, but that's where development comes. Like, players develop with their club teams. Your, your national team doesn't really make you necessarily a better player the way playing, you know, not yeah. 90 minutes – every week with your club. It's about, it's
0: about starting to establish that chemistry and the camaraderie with your national team. Uh, But you have to to build the skill level with your club team before you can do that. Yeah.
1: So uh, we got Brazil Friday and then Mexico on Tuesday. I think that's Monday. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, Like I said, to me, friendlies are mainly about experimenting with a squad, seeing who fits where, seeing, you know, who's playing well. But I would really, really like to win the Mexico game at least. That result is more important to me because it's a rival. Mm. Speaking of Mexico, actually, update on the U.S. coaching uh, um, hunt. Juan Carlos Azario officially will not be the next USA coach as he has accepted a position with Paraguay.
0: Yeah. All the rumors were that he was going to end up with Colombia and he goes to Paraguay. I did not see that one coming. Yeah, that was a shocker. Uh, also, Ernie Stewart has yet to interview a coach or, or anybody. And what I'm reading is the people are expecting the only reason that that would be the case would be he's already narrowed down his candidates to a couple people who are probably you know in the middle of their MLS coaching
1: campaign. Oh, God. Are we going to get fucking Caleb Porter or Peter Bernese?
0: Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what's going to happen.
1: Well, your prediction was right, Eric. We were, we are going to get a coach much worse than Juan Carlos Azario. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. So this will be fun. Fuck. Sorry. Also, also uh, we have a couple. There's a couple young kids, dual nationals, um, that the longer we go without a head coach or manager, the more likely they are to declare for Mexico or make that one-time switch to Mexico. I think there's two or three I've been reading about. I don't have the details of their names. Um, but they're they're considering making that switch over and us not having you know a manager that could talk about his plans for these kids for the next four to eight to 12 years is really gonna hurt us in not just now, but in eight years when those kids are starting from Mexico playing against us.
1: Yeah, well, while the player pool is starting to look bright for the US in a way maybe we've never seen before, I mean we could potentially have a full starting 11 of European-based players, but the coaching thing will pretty much cripple us. If it's Peter Vermees or Caleb Porter, please don't be Peter Vermees or Caleb Porter. Well, because if
0: it's them, then we're not going to have a player pool of, of all people. In, you know, we'll be, Will Trapp will be the captain of the U.S. soccer team for the next five years. Well,
1: I'm depressed for the night. How about you, Eric? Yeah. With that, we will take it now, hopefully, for something to save us a little bit from this tragic turn of <laughs> events that they took that tonight. It really got dark fast, guys. Uh, mailbag for douchebags. Yeah, from uh, our boy, J- John Paul. It's actually technically from B. 18 at CBSGlobal.net. We do not know the identity of B. 18 and we will protect his anonymity. Oh, was he trying to
0: stay uh, anonymous?
1: Yeah, that's what I was looking for.
0: My bad, man. Uh, can you guys talk about formations in soccer one of these days? Thanks.
1: So, thank you for this question, Zombie. So, a,
0: a formation is something you decide that you want your players to line up in?
1: Different formations have different purposes. Um, for example, the common i think the most common formation today is a 4-2-3-1 because it allows a lot of midfield control and defensive cover with the two holding midfielders uh in the late 90s early 2000s 442 was all the rage but only Sam Alderice and Roy Hodgson use a 442 now got to go 442 diamond mid baby <laughs> uh a lot of teams like to play three in the back with that's, two weak backs that's that's been the the real
0: kind of up and coming one last couple of years you see a lot of three center backs usually it's it's you know your your two outside center backs are a little more mobile and then you have two wing backs who when you have the ball uh get really advanced and attack and then when when the ball's turned over rush back and, and kind of morph to a five in the back form
1: yeah that's kind of like the hipster formation yeah it's like kind of popular not as mainstream um yeah there are a variety of forms there's a four three three i like a four three three yeah, there's a lot of different formations out there. John B-18, it just depends upon what you want to accomplish with the team and playing to your team skill sets. Like which personnel, yeah. Can how can you maximize the talent of your personnel? Like The 4-3-3 is
0: a, is a great formation if you're trying to do a high-pressing scheme, right? Because you're going to have three players in the front line that can immediately pressure the ball, and then you're going to have one person behind each of those three people for you know to help add to a trap or, or, or provide assistance that
1: they can cover for each other. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many different and then, permutations, but those are just kind of some of the basic ones. And
0: then, yeah, you can slant and adjust your four-two-two so that it's really like a four-two-three-one in possession, but a four, you know, four-three-two-one in defense, and then all this weird
1: stuff. In the olden days, they used to play at two-eight. Uh, <laughs> what like in the 30s and 40s and 50s what I call the golden era of soccer?
0: Yeah, um, three in the back is a beautiful form of soccer, but I, I prefer the,
1: the natural five in the back. <laughs> I actually I have a feeling that jombie 18, just call it a gut feeling is asking this question for FIFA, the video game related purposes. I
0: can't imagine how you would, you would think you know why this anonymous person is asking. <laughs>
1: But in FIFA, to cover up how that I'm a really bad FIFA defender, I definitely go five at the back. <laughs> Just to give me an extra body back there.
0: All right. Well, this has been Own Goal Podcast. Really appreciate you guys listening. Once again, sorry for missing last week, but also you guys probably didn't really notice that we, we were gone.
1: Um, yeah, please rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and please share the word to your friends who like soccer, who want to get into soccer. Also, if you happen to know a soccer player we could interview, that would be really good for us, too. So uh, don't forget to write to us at owngoalpod. Or no, owngoalpod at gmail.com. You had it right the first time, Damn it, or tweet us at OngolPod. But uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Also, I
0: completely forgot to do my mail time email. I'm so
1: sad. I literally said nothing, but it was the greatest moment of the podcast. Have a phrase say: negativity comes out Don't tread on this took hold like the roots of a tree. Think I gained a sport, then why not you sign me? Mean? Cause I got on my job, and made the game for ferocious. I was born with the drive, I got that from your no coaches. Big off spitting truth in the booth. Stop, drop, and roll, I brings down the roof. Got nothing to lose and everything to prove. Don't change the mood, cause we done paid our dues. Best of your way, for the USA. Now we're hot, you might think we're a In all your head, stop, stop, bed. This is life and I'm grinding. Until I'm dead Thanks to DJ school No reason to do this This ain't Friday night lights But I got the infrared yeah. And you already know Fakers on the shoes You're how to get the deal And Big Hawk ain't good Everybody out just Barg your, your hands to this Real recognize Real, real G- don't tread on this G- Don't tread on this Everybody got your skin Bark your head to this We don't recognize We don't spread Don't tread on this, G- don't, tread on this. G- don't tread on this I'ma just do it like Nike Spit it so nice But when I'm done Something I ain't gon' to like me I'ma try to say it politely So it is like I might come across A tad bitch, fine set Check my resume And see what I've done I'm official like a chick on my AF1s from the slums, raised off nothing but crumb, I don't want none, and look what I've become, uh-huh, uh-huh, I'ma just keep it real, and my brother's ghetto dreams will be fulfilled, and on the field, who's gon' show his skills, will the wheel for real, and so it's going and feel, my balls are real, homeboy, please gon' tip me, or I'll toss you over like the great big dips, the grind is in me, please gon' trail me, this and rap with a screwed up twins Everybody got your C-Barkin' your head for recognize real we real just for this don't tread on this Don't you let on this Everybody out just Bark your head to this Real work about Real for this Don't you let on this Don't you let on this oh. Don't wake up sleeping die Unless you wanna see him piss So I'm quick when my future Ain't seen the fist. If be a one hit a quitter Then class dismissed Best to think twice Before you try and tread on this Game's hard in the streets kids with no shoes on their feet Winning satisfies hum- under, they don't need to eat Yeah, we came here to learn But we starting to teach Cause we stood in the shadows Now you can see Haters wanna hate But man, I'm feeling great Thanks to soccer I'm ground more ice than a hockey skate More cash in the bank No need for y'all to rake I didn't cut the yard And threw the trash away In the South, we got the game on lock More games than a game caught. In Texas, we bleed block Straight close up shop Get it twisted Twisted twist, twist, twist. Check the stats yourself Everybody not just see Ball, get hit, hit We'll recognize real We us bread for this we. Don't you let on this we. Don't you let on this Everybody out your sleep Bog your head to this We'll recognize real Give us bread for this we. Don't you let on this we. Don't you let on this